Dude, the Dodgers are like the biggest choke artists in the history of playoff sports. Dude, what the what's up with the Tampa Bay Rays, dude? Like that's that's crazy. Isn't that a joke? Dude, I don't really get it. Like Brady, they, Brady brought Gronkowski back. They've got a decent defense. They've got a decent coach. They don't really have any excuses to be losing any games. He looked like he was freaking out in the fourth quarter, bro. Like I'm talking the about the t- – I said the Tampa Bay Rays, dummy. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the Bucks. No, the, the, uh, the Rays, bro. The Rays. Like, when have the Rays ever been good? In I'll tell you this right now. Let me tell you this. So, to start the season, I bet on the Rays 11 times, right? At one point, they had 11 losses – Every single one of their losses were games that I bet on them to win. So I was 11 for 11 on losing on the race, and I have the bets to prove it. I can go back and show you, dude. Okay, so just Fuck keep the betting race. on the race. Just keep betting on the race, bro. No, dude, I'm not time. betting on the race ever again. I, sh- I, I, hate, I hate the race. Last year, I had a seven-team parlay. I put 30 bucks on. Six of the teams hit. The Rays were up by five runs in the sixth inning. They were my seventh team. I would have won $1,300 on a 17 parlay for $40. The Rays were up five runs in the fifth or sixth inning, and they still lost, bro. The Rays are the curse of Mason Perryman's gambling history, dude. But the one thing they tell you when you're betting or when you're gambling, you can't be emotionally invested, you know? I'm not emotionally invested. I bet on the team that I think is going to win the game, and I thought the Rays were going to win 11 times, and they did But didn't. you're you're never going to bet on the Rays again because emotionally you're hurt. I can't, bro. I can't gamble on the Rays. I just can't because even when I gambled on them without emotions, I still lost. I still lost. Well, I'm hoping the Dodgers pull it out. I'm hoping the Dodgers win the World Series. Lakers won. Dodgers won. Vikings are sucking. But I mean, dude, let's be real. Everyone would love to see – an Astros Dodgers World Series, but the Rays just ruined it. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping the Astros actually win so the Dodgers can beat that ass. I'm a Dodgers fan too, bro. I just, I, I, I don't get excited for the Dodgers to win the World Series until after the World Series is over because I've yeah, been I mean, heartbroken been way too many times. You've been hurt. Yep. <clears throat> Dude, that's protecting my heart. I got walls up. I got walls up. All right, we got Johnny and Heidi on this week. Uh, they do a show on Twitch. Uh, a couple of people who surprised us quite a bit. We didn't do our research until about 10 minutes before the episode. And it turned out we had two uh, stars on our hands. Two incredible, beautiful human beings that will change people's lives, I think. Dude, I think so too. Genuine people um, just love to talk, love to share their story. Uh, Very nice people. Johnny actually reached out to me after we had the show and we played a game of Fortnite together. Oh, you didn't tell me that. That's yeah, tough. I forgot to tell you that. So we played a game of Fortnite together, and um, Zach couldn't hear him. So I was playing with my buddies, and then Zach, my, my best friend Zach, couldn't hear him. And he just, like, we, we, we'll, we'll play another time. <laughs> you guys were playing trios? Was, I mean, was he We were good playing squads. I, I mean, we didn't, we didn't get to play, really. We, we landed yeah. Stark, and he died, and we died, and it was, Zach couldn't hear him. So we just decided we'll play another time. Yeah, comms are crucial in that game. All right, episode three of Shaking and Bake It podcast coming in hot. Let's go. Shake and Bake. What's up, guys? Can you guys hear us? Yeah, can you hear us all right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to There's my video. Sorry. <laughs> Perfect. We got Hi. the nice. We got the Johnny and Heidi show on. I've, <laughs> I've been trying to figure out. I heard that OBS had a new update that allows you to use OBS as your 
your camera in a Zoom call. But I have Slobs o- Streamlabs OBS. Yeah. And I don't think they, I think they get those updates later, but I'm very excited. That is something that, that <laughs> OBS has needed to do because now I can do our show um, on a Zoom call, basically, and for, for yeah. charity. And Streamlabs OBS, that's what you guys use for your main platform for recording and streaming and whatnot? Slobs is, yeah, that's what, and, you know, I, I could have done regular OBS, and there's a lot of my, a lot of my nerd friends are like, you, you need to switch to regular OBS, but for what we do, the convenience was, was, uh, was worth it, you know, it, I can add stuff in without thinking about it too much, and we're not, we're not gaming or anything on it, and getting too into the advanced settings and whatnot, so. Right, right, I mean, I, I just want to say here, we are blown away, we, we started we're this fanboys. podcast, yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna fanboy for a quick second here. We started this podcast last week. Um, me and Christian just were like, "Hey, let's let's do this finally. Let's you know we're entertaining. Let's let's have some fun with it." And then we got you guys on the show, and we did our research. Uh, typically, it's like an hour before the interview because we're busy people, <laughs> yeah. and we just found your guys's background, and um, we we're kind of blown away for a second. So you guys could dive into. I mean, you're Johnny, right? I, I said John, but I, it's Johnny, right? Johnny is the, the yeah. That's what I go by and what you know I, I think my grandpa calls me john and that's the only person <laughs> so so johnny you're an established songwriter talk a little bit about what your accomplishments are honestly I, I i started writing music when i was a kid and i got hooked on the whole you know writing a song and then singing it for someone and getting to see how it affects them right like that was my big uh what i loved was was uh, uh well first i i started performing songs covers for people and and uh, they would i noticed it would it would affect them and then and then i started writing music and i was like oh i can actually tailor make how i affect the people that i'm performing for and and, and kind of get the point across that i want to get across and uh and I just fell in love with that part of it. And uh, long story short, I, I started touring in Florida and in Southeast. And and then I, um, against my will, I, I, my mom actually made me do a singing competition called the Colgate Country Showdown. I wound up winning the state level and then, or sorry, the local level, then the state level, and then regionals and nationals. And the nationals were at the Ryman Auditorium and uh, I believe it was aired on ABC and uh, I won a, a hundred thousand dollar check oh. at twenty four, which was or twenty three, twenty four, which is pretty nuts. That's and more money than I've ever won at age twenty four and <laughs> nine <Yeah>. months. <laughs> so I went from uh, college student working construction with my dad and touring to uh, that year. I signed at the end of the year. I signed a publishing deal with Warner chapel which is warner brothers publishing company and uh moved to nashville and started writing professionally uh, which i was already you know heidi the same way she before she moved to nashville she was already writing with people and you know learning how to be a a songwriter and a co-writer and all that stuff so yeah i signed and i moved to nashville and i think in the first year and a half i had my first number one with lee bryce that was a woman like you that's this one i just want you to know that that's probably a top five not just country, but favorite song of mine. And we actually, <gasps> literally, Christian, we were prepping before this, and he was like, hey, uh, this guy is like kind of a big deal, and so <laughs> is she. Uh, this is the song he wrote. And I heard it, and I was like, dude, are you are you like effing with me right now? <laughs> so incredible, incredible backstory, right? I mean, you, you, you're pretty established over there. 
Well, it, it's it's uh, you know Nashville's a, a really big small town, and once you you know you make your friends and get your your foot in the door and 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 get some stuff like the Colgate thing that competition I won was like my big foot in the door. On top of that, in the same week, I met Chris Young and became friends with him. Uh, wow. That was a big help and. And he helped me meet John Stone, who I then wrote A Woman Like You with, who produces and is friends with Lee Bryce. So then I became friends with Lee. And then somewhere in all of that, I I, uh, I became really good friends with Shay Mooney from Dan and Shay. And and, Shay, and Dan, Dan and both of them, we, we became writing buddies. They, they both wrote for Warner Chapel as well. So, so when you say when you say Dan and Shay, you actually call them Dan and Shay. Not like <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually call them Shannon Day. Okay. No, okay. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> but, but uh, no, I uh, I got lucky. You know, Heidi experiences this. You, everyone's accessible and everybody's right there. If you're in the industry and you're at, uh, if you're signed, I mean, Warner Chapel is is one of the biggest publishing companies in the world. So I was I was with a a big company and and you know you get your foot in the door and. And you, you get introduced to certain songwriters, and if they like your style, then they want you to meet the artists that they write for. And, and uh, for that's how I met Lee, was through John. And yeah, it, it's a, it, like I said, it's a really big, small town. And there's certain groups, like, like I've never met and hung out with Keith Urban, right? Right. But I have met and hung out with Brad Paisley and, and Keith, or, or, like to, or like Toby Keith and... And there's a lot of artists I've hung out with. It's just what did your camp? What? How far did it reach? You mm-hmm. know who? You know I don't know anyone who's tight with Keith. You know, <laughs> so I didn't get to meet Keith Urban. But um, I, I have a lot of friends and co-writers who are tight with with other artists. So it it's like I said, really big. Because I mean, my guys, Tim McGraw. Have you have any of you guys worked with Tim McGraw before or met him, hung out with them? I I've had almost had probably twenty Tim McGraw cuts. I have been in the same room with and around Tim. I don't. I've never spoken to Tim. How, now, same thing. You. Same now, thing. Now, Ga- the Gallimores would have been my in, right? But same. I never that that moment never happened. Yeah. Where and the Gallimores are like label, pr- production, label management. They kind of in-house. made and and, and yeah. run his career. So the Gallimores... Tim's people. They're the people, people that when I whenever I'd have a song on hold for Tim, the Gallimores had it on mm-hmm. hold. Like they okay. Missy tried really hard to get me. It's Missy, right? Yeah. Got, yeah. Byron she tried him. Byron, that's right. She tried really hard to get me a Tim McGraw cut for a while, but here's the thing. This is how it works. An- another <laughs> couple guys I'm really good friends with are the Warren brothers who are a writing duo who are also a musical act. They had a TV called, is it Nearly Famous or Barely? It was on CNT back in the day. But um, hilarious, wonderful guys, great songwriters. They're really tight with Tim McGraw. And every single time I had a song on hold, it would get down to cut day. Tim's in the studio. He's going to record your song. And the Warren brothers would walk in and they'd have a song and it would bump, bump my song off the record. And that's just yeah. the way it goes. I've yeah. bumped songs off of records for Chris right. Young. I know I've done that. You know, So it, it's just what camps are you in? How... Right. How close are you there, and how many opportunities have you had to right. write something great with 
the people in that camp. So right place, like, right time. Stuff, you know. Sometimes so that's so much of the industry. Sometimes right, right place is at the beach on a yeah. on a writer's retreat. Sometimes the right place is just being at at so and so bar at two o'clock in the morning, and that's, they're like, "You want to go back to my house and write?" And you're like, "All right." You know. Yeah, it's a you know, it's a town of networking and 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 who you know and and getting in the camps and meeting the people and it's right place, right time and and a lot of luck is kind of. Sometimes sure. networking is is a, is another word for alcohol tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's one of the other sides of it that yeah. That, Just uh, going out and meeting people for sure. Yeah. If you if you can hold your own and and, and hang and have a good time and right. uh, then then you can and, and also have some talent you know right. hopefully to back it up then then you can do right. pretty well right. Yeah. So Heidi, I mean. I've been listening to you. I have a long commute to work. I've been listening to your Spotify, all the playlists for two days now, hour long drive. You got some great songs. The stories, the stories on your songs. I I mean, I'm listening to them. <laughs> like when you're singing the song, I'm actually picturing it in my head. So they're great. We would love to hear more about your backstory, about your journey through the industry and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, Hers thank you for saying that. No, mine's not. I was going to say mine is a lot less uh, cool than Johnny's. No, but... you had to go through so much more. Yeah. I was already here in the States. I was already in the South. You I know, had, I kind of had a, a rougher uh, Nashville experience. Um, but I, I started singing in church when I was about three years old. And wow. Didn't take long. for. I say that, you know, that was my parents' first mistake is that they let me have take the stage by myself and put a microphone in it and an audience an attentive audience and that just created a monster because uh, they but couldn't you share it with me now. yeah but they couldn't get me off the stage then at that point it was um that's all I wanted to do so that's really where that started and just from a young age I was just I took any any and every opportunity I could it was um piano recitals dance recitals uh music theater productions and plays country music festivals gospel festivals I'd, I'd tour with um, other church groups, uh, go to other towns and sing in their churches or their rodeos or just any any kind of stage yeah. that, that would have me, I, I sang on as a child and did all the, I, I call them kind of like gateways into the industry, like the, the idols, you know, the I did Canadian Idol, that kind of thing. Or, um, you know. Are you from Canada? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was born and raised cool. in British Columbia. Nice. Yeah, so I guess I should have led with that. So yes, this is what got me to. So my Nashville journey is is yeah, it was a little a little messier. But, but it's tougher for for her because when you know you, I basically just moved from Florida to Tennessee. I already had a pub deal and all that stuff. I was. It's easy for me to go to to, to Nashville, and for her, she has to, she had to get a visa. And and once you get a music visa, this is a big issue with like our friends from Australia and Canada and all the the people who write in Nashville that aren't from the United States, they get these visas to be musicians and that's all they're allowed to do. They right. can't wait tables. They can't, she had to earn all of her money via music, which is really hard to do in Nashville. In Nashville. It's <laughs> next yeah. to, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that's super, that's, that's a super good point because I mean, you can't have another plan, you know, your plan is to sing and songwrite music. There is so. There's um, no plan. Yeah, I could B. mow yards. I could I could hang crown molding. I could do whatever I wanted, you know. But she's working off this visa that yeah. restricts. Right, her. the highs are high and the lows are low, right? Yeah. Oh, that's 
yeah, that is the, if I could summarize the music industry or Nashville in, in one phrase, it'd be like, the highs are high and the lows are low. <laughs> and that's, they're, they're also day to day. That, I mean, it can be yeah. like, yes, an hour to hour. We, yeah. we, we in the, like, you know, we've experienced that where it's like one hour we're like, yeah, and the next hour we're like, what just what happened? happened? <laughs> but, well, so I moved to, uh, I moved to Nashville in 2010 and uh, I'd been there about a year and a half. And talk about right place at right time. I was at a bar called Losers, uh, right next to Winners. Yeah, Winners and Losers. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like a That's staple. the bar I would have been at. Yeah, it, it's, it's kind of the, the industry bar. Not a lot of tourists go there. It's more for, like, the locals. And, you know, at any given night, you'll walk in and Miranda Lambert or Blake Shelton or so. You know, it's, right. it's kind What's of like. What's crazy is I was probably there. Oh, yeah. The night she's talking, I'm sure I was there. But, so, yeah. so it's it's very an, an, an industry bar. And I, I was there late one night and uh, I was just talking to a guy and he said, you know, do you have any music I could listen to? And and I remembered putting one CD in my purse that night and I was like, oh my gosh, I never do this. And there's a CD wow. in my purse. And I was like, here you go. And I got home and there was an email from this guy that was like, hey, well, I, you know, um, Irv Woolsey is my, you know, a, a client of mine and he manages George Strait. Got he signed George Strait thirty years ago and has been his business partner and manager. Yeah, ever since. heard of George Strait, right? Ever yeah. heard of him? Yeah, and, it's a Texas uh, artist. And so, and he said, I, yeah, and he said, I, I played this for Irv and he wants to meet you tomorrow. And I was like, what? Like this was like at two o'clock in the morning, giving a CD to like getting an email and a meeting the next day. So the next That's day, crazy turnaround. Turn crazy turnaround. The next day, I remember walking into this meeting not having a clue what was going to come out and pan sure, sheer panic and then an hour later i had a management deal as managed by irv who only managed george Strait at that point so his two artists on the bill were hattie ray and george Strait, and i thought that was the coolest thing in the world mm -hmm. um that know, story is awesome I, that, <laughs> that story is crazy that is actually the coolest thing in the world right <laughs> so it, it was that was a wild ride. I was I wrote and so I, I was signed to the publishing company. So I wrote songs there for two years, worked on uh, stuff for my artist career, and it's just one of those things that didn't work out. And uh, it's you know it's a little bit well, it's a cutthroat business. You know there isn't a lot of like roses and fairies. It's it's one day everything's great, and the next day you you get a phone call that's like, all right, well, good luck to you. Don't you know, we're done here kind of thing. And Thank so, you um, it's, you know, one day you have a, a publishing deal and a record deal and a this and a that, and the next day you don't. And that's what happened to me. And uh, so because of that, I had to go back to Canada because I lost my visa wow. that was wow. attached to my deal. So um, long story short, I was able to, you know, pick myself Lick my wounds, pick Worked myself back up. All kinds of crazy all, jobs, any tough job, jobs. Yeah, any job you can think of. Saved up money. <laughs> and I, I, can we get to spe specific? What like what job? Oh god, she's mad at me now. I'm, so oh, I'm mad sorry. At you. This is yeah. Well, it's not as bad as now they're thinking awful things. No, <laughs> like I grew bad. up. I, I come from like a farming community, like a really small town, and my brother uh, Greg was kind enough to let me live live in his basement with his his wife and children and they took me in for a few months where I could live for free and work and I worked at a uh, wild game meat cutting uh, yep people drop their moose and deer and bison and hogs and whatever else off and 
and I would uh, cut <laughs> cut <laughs> meat, and I would make sausages and jerky, uh, and it. So was... you've seen how the meat's been made. <laughs> she, yeah, she, she knows. Yeah. She's literally on the how it's made show. <laughs> she, yeah, I she have... walks by the meat section and has flashbacks. I'm like, <laughs> when we go grocery shopping, I'm like, I can't go. Don't make me go to the <laughs> meat department. The meat section, yeah. I can't do it. But you know what? Paid really well, and it was one of those things where, you know, it was 18-hour days seven days a week and it was one of those things where I was like if I can just do this for like four months and save up money so I can get out of here and have one more crack at Nashville so that's what I did I just put my head down and got through it how old were you at this point like 24 maybe okay. 25 so you're at like um, the point where it's like I, I'm gonna make this leap and if this doesn't work I've got to find something else yeah because yeah, I would got to the point where I had already invested too much time in Nashville and it had made too many connections and it was one of those things to go how was I two weeks ago writing for George Strait you know all these promises of like we're gonna cut a record we're gonna put send you out to radio blah 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 to work two weeks later I'm packing hamburger meat from a moose, you know, in northern Canada, you know, it's like, wait, well, how did this happen yeah. so quickly? Uh, this is not what I signed up it's, for. It's, it's because <laughs> people like they like to promise stuff because it feels good to say, yeah. hey, I'm going to do this for you, and this is going to happen, and this is going to be amazing. And you go, yeah, and everybody, especially at the bar at at at, at 11 p.m., you're you're doing shots, and you're like, yeah, this is going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be magic. And then the next day, you're like. All right, y'all ready to do that stuff? And they're like, what, Wait, what? Did, what? what did, did we, we say? talk about last <laughs> we, Oh, we said um, we were, oh, yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's circle back to that. We'll, we'll put a pin in it. We'll circle back to it. The music like, industry is, is very over-promise, under-deliver. And, I mean, that's just not my experience. That <laughs> right. is just the music industry the way. Is You know, it's making making lofty goals and lofty promises and then you need so many things and so many people to get on board to make those things happen. It's, you know, it rarely works out that way. And so it's a lot of, a lot of empty promises and people can have the best of intentions, but, but if, if the people that they're counting on to also deliver, deliver, yeah, it's deliver, then you, they can't, you know, their hands are tied. Too so many, right. too many, you know, a song getting recorded or an artist getting on radio is not as simple as one person going, yeah, I'm going to do this for you. You need, it had the chain of command of, for anything is, is so many people that if not, you know, you, everyone needs to get yeah. on board. Everyone needs to do their job and 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 so many and, moving and parts. believe in and you believe and want it to happen. And, and, and if can, one person drops that chain, the chain breaks. So right. she's you know? saying like we, we get champions. We call them our champions. We have a champion in town who's championing this song or this this single or this EP or who believes in us as artists or whatever it is. Well, you get those those you know the champions are not hard to find it what's really hard to find is a champion who can actually do something you right. know what i mean like the you know, you find a, a someone who believes in you who's amazing and you're like cool yeah and they're like why aren't you on the radio why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that and you're like i don't know do you know anything about that and they're like well, no, but I believe. <laughs> but you. I and you're like, like you. okay, do you know anyone who knows how to do that stuff? You know, uh, yeah. so what's the world is coming to, and I think we all feel it, and we all know it is with the, with the internet and with the like. You guys, you guys, I want to start a podcast. So what'd you do? You start a podcast, right? Um, you y'all are probably watching all the YouTube videos, trying to figure out how to market it, get it out there, get your podcast off the ground, and then I'm sure there's networks you could get tied into. There's right. podcast circuits that you can go on and be on podcasts to promote your podcast. Yep. So there's an entire industry there waiting. 
Um, but you got to figure out how to crack the code and how to cut through the noise, right? So That's what we're working on. And what I love about streaming and Twitch is it puts it all back on you and goes, you know, here you go. You Everything's there. You just yeah. have to figure out how to make it work. The nice thing is, is we're not sitting there waiting for the big person in yeah. power to it's go. Your, it's yours now. And now here's You're your in charge. Is yeah. that what made you get on Twitch? Like what was, how did you make that decision on? Re real go. quick, real quick. Cause I do want to finish Heidi's story. She was almost done. Oh, yeah, I know sorry. you, I know you, you just, you, you finished the meat industry and then you, what was the next step? <laughs> the meat get, industry. I don't know what to call it. I, I, I was in the alcohol <laughs> industry, so I'll just call it the meat industry, right? So well, I was in the meat industry for four straight months. <laughs> <laughs> Oh we'll gosh. We'll just call it that yeah. for now, right? So I don't know classy. what to call it. <laughs> Very classy industry. Yes. So, um long story short, I, you know, I got back to Nashville, ended up getting another work visa. Um it was a year-long visa and it was kind of like you only get so many of those and then they're like, "Yeah, you didn't progress to the next level, so you don't get to come back in the country to work." So, it was kind of like you America, make right? something nice. happen in this year or <laughs> bye. Yeah, you make a taxable income or yeah. you're out. You no, know? you get one year to live the American dream. That's the yeah. rule. Kind of. <laughs> well, kind of. You know, I had been on my third work visa, third three-year visa. And so it was kind of like, well, you got to do this or, or not. So um, I had like three months left in my visa and I was just knocking on every door in Nashville. I did it the old-fashioned way. I uh, I went to Staples and bought hundreds of blank CDs and I burned 212 um, blank CDs and, and put my five best demos and labeled it and addressed them to every single publisher, plugger, everyone in town. And in the middle of June, why June? Uh, it was like 109 degrees. I remember because, uh, yes, I walked, <laughs> I walked up every single street um, on Music Row There's and I hand delivered 200 CDs and knocked on doors and I lied my way into every public because they don't take unsolicited material. They're like, do you have a meeting? And I'd go, yes, I do have a meeting with do. Bob. And they'd go, okay, come on in. They'd come in and I'd go, I don't have a meeting, <laughs> but can you please give those to Bob? And I did that 212 times and I got myself a publishing deal. What? And, That's the uh, grind. Was that? June what year? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Oh, I, that, I, I remember a year in June that Music Row smelled like summer sausage for a whole week. <laughs> and I, that so, must have been... Uh, I'm just kidding. So anyway, so I got... Um, after all that, you know, I'd, I'd landed the my pub deal at it's a company called Harlan Howard Songs, and I've been there since 2015 now. So I've... Just had my five-year anniversary there, and uh, congratulations! And that's, yeah, congrats! Yeah, thank you. So that was that was kind of my my Nashville story. <laughs> and so then you guys, okay, Twitch is going to come out at some point because we definitely want to get there. So then yes. Johnny and Heidi meet. When does that happen? And how do you guys put together this Twitch ensemble that is very successful? Well, thank you. Well, I'm, again, another long story short, we were singing at a songwriters festival in Henderson, Kentucky, and it's a it's a little town about three hours outside of Nashville, and they bring in Nashville hit songwriters or up and coming artists to play at this like four day festival. Johnny and I were um, playing the big Saturday night show together, and had they not paired us up, we would not be here wow. today. Wow! Wow! We met. Fate. We met on stage in front of you know two hundred people, and we proceeded to. We like grossly flirt with each other all night. Love at first and, sight. Yeah, it really was. And then you know we got married two years later. And congrats I on proposed, that. Thank you. I proposed 
four months after we started yes. dating. We yep. were married in 10 months. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, when you know, you know. Oh, when you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't slow us down. Yeah. And we, you know, we'd both been, we actually moved to Nashville at, probably within a month of each other. So we both moved there in 2010. We'd both been working there as teenagers, you know, um, but we both, you know, permanently moved there in 2010 and kind of ran in the same circles. We ran into each other here and there, but we never really hung out until this night we fell in love. Um, <laughs> and... You know, I think we were just looking for something to do outside of the Nashville scene. Um, just looking, trying to think ahead and, and get ahead of the game of where we thought music I'll, might end up. I'll be completely honest. One of the member initially, we were like, you know, we, we were thinking, man, I haven't sang a cover song in 10 years. years. Yeah. You know, we write 250 songs a year, you know, so... We're not really learning cover songs. We're we're creating and we're we're either learning those and performing those yeah. at, at writers' rounds or or not performing at all. You know, and, and you knew a few covers, but not like a repertoire of covers. No. And I'm like, let's start streaming because I I was I'm a huge uh, I'm a I'm a gamer. I'm a uh, thank God. I, I, I watched Ninja's <laughs> Rise. Ninja. Used, oh, okay, yeah, okay. We won't dive too far into that. <laughs> but yes. I was watching Ninja in the H1Z1 days. Yeah. Like back um, when him and Summit were going after or at it or whatever. And, and, you know, Ninja still was streaming in front of, you know, 200 people or whatever. And, and I watched him... Uh, I remember when he used to tease uh, Dr. Disrespect and be Dr. Respectful. Remember he wore a blonde yep. wig and he'd yep. be super kind to everyone in chat. I thought that was hilarious. And then Fortnite came out and he blew up. And when he blew up... Um, $30 million dollars like, blew up, right? Yeah. Well, I was sitting there going, what? I was like, Dad was wrong. You can make money playing video games. So, <laughs> you know, I was like, I already... Could, I already found out you can make money playing music but video games what so um so yeah when ninja made the uh, ninja uh, we, we looked at twitch and at the time um it just seemed so just a giant mountain to tackle and i was like oh, it is know. you know we, we we had publishing deals i was like i don't know if we can really attack twitch right now but then um i was watching dr lupo one morning and and lupo another one of my favorites I know one of my favorites too, Tim and Lupo. All, <laughs> all of them, the so, originals, right? So Lupo goes, he's talking to chat and he goes, he goes, no, guys, of course, we're still friends. Of course, of course, we're going to play games together. And I'm going, what is he talking about? And he goes, no, you know, me and Tyler are always buddies. And then I'm like, oh, he's talking about Ninja. I was like, what happened? You know, so I, I, I Google, the immediate Google search, Ninja moved over to... At this time, I was paying attention, but not enough attention to know that this was on its way. Right. So he moved over to Mixer. And I opened up Mixer, and I was like, okay, this seems more... The barrier to entry wasn't so present, right? So we tried our hat at Mixer for 10 months. We were partnered and meet, like a, uh, in the shortest amount of time, what, two, two months. months, we were partnered... Um, that was the minimum mixer head. You had to be on there two months. Yep, yeah, and we got up to eleven thousand followers in ten months. And, Congrats! Um, yeah, we, we were. I mean, it was right. It was great. We were we were climbing and, and doing and, and and it was it was awesome. And, then, and you were doing covers on mixer. Were you guys just doing yeah. straight covers? Same thing well, you're doing no, on well, Twitch now, or is it, it wasn't different? Yep, same so, thing. Covers and originals. So we were basically using it to. Sh 
to hone and sharpen our skills when, you know, just in our heads, we knew we liked performing together, but we were like, how do, what is this and does it belong on the road and is it an act and is it a show? And I was like, well, what better way to hone that than in our mind, we were like, we'll just play for, you know, our, our moms and, and, and a few random people who pop in. And that's really what we're doing. Just, that's Mason's just, life. <laughs> well, it would just be, it would just be like a, a, a broadcasted practice. Yeah. You yeah. got to start somewhere. Yeah. And then it, and then people started showing up and then they kept showing up. What was that moment? What was the moment that it just kind of clicked? I mean, it sounds like you, I mean, you guys are averaging between a hundred to like 300 viewers and that's, you can make a living off of that nowadays on Twitch. Yeah. It happened really quickly. Like I'm, I thank Jordan. Yeah. We had a lot of support on, on Mixer. It was obviously much smaller than Twitch and the music community was much smaller than Twitch's. So, you know, out of the, you know, say 10 to 20 musicians, basically, you know, we all knew, knew you know, we all knew each other really well. And, and, um, we, we just, they really embraced us. You know, there wasn't like that, Ooh, there's new people. Let's shut them out or keep them down. Um, Jordan Lane was a huge, a huge instrumental. She and a hosted lot of, us with like 300 and some yeah, people in our, our first week. Yeah, and we had several, Jordan was probably the main one. And then there were several other musicians that really helped us. Um, and then a lot of the gamers even, like yeah. like uh, Simbi, Robot Giggles. I'm trying to think of like some of the first, um, like b- the big gamers on Mixer that kind of stumbled into Duke our channel. Flukes. Duke of Flukes. Yeah, S- Sanka. Sanka. And they're all over on Twitch now. But I remember the, the best, like I remember waking up one day and going, honey, I have to go upstairs and play Fortnite. And she goes, <laughs> why? I'm like, for work, like for networking. Like I, I they want me on this streamer. I, I woke up in the middle of the night to play on this big Australian streamer stream, Duke yeah. of Flukes. And it was... You know, it was it was so crazy to me in my head. I'm going, wait, am I accomplishing work like growing <laughs> our stream whilst playing video? Playing games? video games, man. That's the yeah. dream. Did I the die dream. and I didn't know it? And I'm it's in the dream, now? right? Yeah. So sorry, keep going. Oh right. no, but the, that was you know, it just it was. I found the growth to be not easy, but I mean, like it it came it, it came easy, it came quick. I mean, we. I mean, we stream every day for many, many hours. So no, the grind. I mean, we still work we were really doing hard. Six but... to eight hours a day, five yeah. days a week. Jeez. How do you guys yeah. do that with music? That seems like it's so. It's one thing to play video games, but how do you do that with music? Yeah. Um. You, until yeah. Lots of <laughs> warm ups, right? And, <laughs> until the pandemic, we were still full time touring artists, and so there were times where you know we would take a week off streaming because we would have a different show every night throughout the country and you know and then we'd stream really hard for two weeks and then you know another run of shows would pop up and um and I it wasn't until we were able to kind of lock into a like a commitment schedule kind of thing when COVID. that well I was, I, <laughs> then COVID hit and we're like okay now hey, all of our gigs are gone you know what it's not a terrible thing I've been saying this sometimes you have to just find a way to benefit when there's a national pandemic and if you can Will find you, a way to keep people happy and, and be beneficial for yourselves as well then why not it the, our streaming career was the silver lining to 2020 for us like oh, we, we, yeah. we bought a new touring vehicle we had all these shows on the books like uh, like three we bought weeks the vehicle before. in february is when we bought this vehicle so Brand literally new vehicle. right before 
literally it's got it was like we drove it home and like <laughs> two weeks later we were on lockdown and i was like we just bought a touring our first new car we've and ever bought every gig canceled and then we uh, lost like i don't know 60 80 shows and wow. we're like what have we done <laughs> oh, <laughs> but no. in, you know instead of freaking out or floundering or like what i love about heidi is she is so driven and so focused and so good at at, at working um and not procrastinating whereas i'm the type i'm like do we have to do this today but Send it um, back to the fortnight but yeah she she um you know we really focused we, we we were like okay if we're gonna if we're gonna make this work Let's see what we can do in, in however amount of time we have. Because we right. didn't know how long the pandemic was going to be. So. I thought it might be like a one-month thing. Uh, didn't we and all? That's what they told us, right? Right. <laughs> so we buckled down and did we did uh, 150 hours a month of streaming or something. for. We just That's all we did. That's all right. we did. We'd wake up, stream, and sing, and, and warm up. And Now, we've, we've relaxed our schedule recently. And by relaxed, I mean we do three streams a week now, but they're... They're eight to ten hour stream. So we um, we got rolling on on. Oh no, we recently changed our schedule to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and this is just last week we did. So we don't know yeah. if this is going to hold, but we're loving it because a day of rest between each stream, and we can we could really do 12, 14 hours we, of singing yeah. if we wanted to. And that's know? what you. I mean, your initial question was, how do you sing that much? And I think before it was. Um, I think for the first, say, seven months of the pandemic, six months of the pandemic, it was almost like, pan like work, work, work really hard, focus, like regroup, new whole new career change, really everything changed. Right. And now we're settling into, okay, this is the way of life for us now. This is, mm -hmm. you know, this is what we're doing. And well, we prefer it. You know? We we do. And and so the day off in between um, has made a world of difference. Vocal recovery. We end our streams now. We'll end a, a nine hour stream of singing and going, I feel like I could go another nine hours. I don't <laughs> feel hoarse at all. Whereas sometimes at the end of a four hour stream on day five, I'm like, okay, can't guys, talk. I can't sing anymore. We haven't had a day, a day ever. It's just like any other muscle group or you whatever. You can't run a marathon every day. You need a recovery right. day. Yeah. yeah. And um, But with a day of recovery, a, 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 a well-conditioned athlete, which we vocally we are conditioned, um, with a day of recovery, you can you can, you can kind of do the same thing uh, over again. But, but yeah, we... We recently changed to that to make time for recording because now we're going to be releasing tons of stuff all the time. Um, when uh, you say releasing tons of stuff, are you guys making music together? Are you? Is that what yes. you're saying? Just recently. So we just put out our first Johnny and Heidi single uh, like two weeks ago. Oh, shout it out. Everyone would love to hear it, I promise. Oh, yeah. It's called Met You. And it's, I did see it's that. very autobiographical. Mm -hmm. It is literally... If all the bad things in my life hadn't happened, or even the good things that I thought were gonna, if those things wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have met it's you. It's called Met You, not to be confused with Meet You, the song you wrote about working, working at in the a meat, meat shop. shop. Where right. You get people <laughs> right. Thanks, Johnny. Meat. Yeah, yeah. That's something else, you know. I, I so so we did. We're not gonna get past Talk this about whole the meat, meat shop some more. <laughs> We're not going to get past the meat shop. I, I don't think it's nope. ever going to go away. But, I mean, I did, I, I've did. i seen you guys stream quite a few times now. Once you guys committed to the show, obviously I wanted to watch and, and become a part of the community. And you guys complement each other so well. Um, one of the things that I was really impressed with is being a couple, 
I feel like there's always that really great connection, but sometimes you compete with things. When I watch your guys' stream, you both have like a very um, different style. And I mean, it's both, it's, it's, it's that country type thing, but you, when it's Johnny's turn, you're quiet, you let it go. And when it's Heidi's turn, he's quiet, he lets it go. What's that like? I mean, when did you guys, when you started, was it always like back and forth? I want to sing this with you. It was just very natural. Well, we we kind of. The truth of it is she is better at all the things. She's better at <laughs> no. music. You're just she's saying better, that. <laughs> she's better at harmonizing. No, this is true. She's better at harmonizing. She's a more knowledgeable musician. She knows what she's doing better than I do. Um, whereas I just kind of, uh, I, she has honed her natural, um, talent more than I have. I'm still more raw. I don't know. Like you'll oftentimes on stream, you'll catch me go, uh, I, I can't even transpose a step <laughs> or two. And she's like, it's G. And I'm like, uh, okay, but you know, and I get confused just because I don't have the theory knowledge that she necessarily does, or I'm slower to learn a harmony part because I'm not very good at harmonizing, but we know each other's weaknesses and we trust each other. Um, I, I don't, when I get on stage, it is so nice to not have to worry. I know whatever comes out of her mouth is going to be amazing, whether she's talking or singing or her, her performance. I, she doesn't shock me. You'll note it in streams. I'll never go, what did you just like, like it, we're, it's, it's great. I trust her completely. And that is so hard to do. I, yeah, I've never been. Even with been... just band members, backing band members. Yeah. Even with a band member, it's hard. Even though they don't have a microphone, you can't always trust that they're going to, that they are going to think the way you're going to think and, and, and follow your lead follow or your predict lead or... where you're going to go. Yeah. Um, and I can say the same. I mean, Johnny can, Johnny writes and sing circles around me. He, he's, no. he's, so uh, Johnny's the I'm, writer. You're the singer. Is it, and, yeah. and no, totally, you no. can say no, you can definitely say no. I don't so, want to. Heidi, Heidi is actually I, my favorite co-writer and I don't care who hears it. No, she is, <laughs> she is, um, fra as far as phrasing melody and lyric choice, uh, my favorite person I've ever worked with. And she, the, she is underrated by her own design. Like she, she's the only person who underrates herself, but anybody who's worked with her knows she brings it to the table every time. And she's awesome. And, and it's, it's uh so whatever you were going to say about me being the writer is uh, that's just because I got to have something. Okay, uh, now it's my turn to brag about him. <laughs> anyway, I mean no. if I if I can ever find a woman who looks at me the way she looks at you, I will be like, the happiest man on the planet. I don't know if you know you do that, but you do. You look at him like it's pretty it's a pretty good I look. Can't. I can't yeah, help it. What you it can't see is I'm feeding her jewelry underneath <laughs> the camera like this. You guys are Just so perfect together. Platinum. It's, <laughs> you know, it's what, like Johnny is a. You know, I've I've had a few uh, independent or small artist cuts or put out my own stuff. So I am not a hit songwriter. I have never. Six hundred thousand listens on Spotify never. isn't isn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Johnny, Johnny is like a, like a critically acclaimed hit songwriter. Like he's famous in the, in the music industry for writing the most beautiful love songs and everyone knows him and everyone wants to work with him. And, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, kind of the cream of the crop as far as national songwriters and everyone in the industry knows that. And I've been a huge fan of Johnny's long, I mean, this almost sounds creepy even, but I was at his number one party seven years before we ever met. <laughs> And I wait. You never told me that. This is. I weird. went there. His co-writer. We have to go. This is awkward. <laughs> his, I have to talk to her. 
his co-writer that he wrote the song that it was a woman like you his first number one it was probably probably about eight years ago and i was friends with the guy he one of the guys he wrote the song with so i was at the number one party and i remember thinking the whole time i don't even know that if i like cheered for my friend i was just so fixated on johnny on stage i was was like the glare on the top of my bald head (laughs) i was i don't i was just I like went there and I was like, I like that guy a lot. Like, I really, really like that guy. And every time I'd run into him in Nashville or hear his name, I was like, oh. It only took her seven years to like, Hey, you know, I'm Heidi. Hey, I'm Heidi. Eight, you know, eight years later, we got married. But, um, you know, he's, you know, as far as, you know, the, the country music industry goes, I mean, Johnny is a. He's a famous songwriter. He's a I mean, so, songwriter. And if you guys weren't together, then you'd be enjoying, you know, a lot more offshore fishing and whatnot, but you're happy that you found <laughs> Heidi. <right? laughs> so, yes, but here's the, here's the deal. I think we I can break it down, psychological level, why we don't get in each other's way is we we are not, neither of us, uh, we, we, have, we have very similar parents, right? So our... When I met her parents, I was like, wait a minute, are you the Canadian versions of my parents? The deal sealer right there. Yeah, she met my parents, and it's like, yeah, these are the Floridian versions <laughs> of your parents. <laughs> and uh, just saw the earth, wonderful people who, who really sole purpose in life is to create the best life for their children. Both of our sets of parents have done that. And also one of the things they did really well was show us how a good relationship is supposed to work. I my parents have been together since they were thirteen years old and my they're parents, obsessed with each other. Yeah, my parents are celebrating their forty eighth anniversary. And they're tomorrow. obsessed with each other, right? Yeah. So we were both already in the we're like, I want this that, relationship. Yeah. And when I met her I was like you want that relationship too. And she's like, wait, you want that relationship? And I was like, yeah, my parents. And she's like, oh, your parents have that. Mine do too. And it was just kind of made real. And then they got, our parents got together and they get along really well, which we're like, have we struck gold? Which we we, we already knew we we did, but. Um, you knew on but, day one, on perfect. stage, you struck gold. Yeah. But one of the things that, that I realized through time, or over time is that our my parents did not, promote or encourage an unhealthy ego uh, in me. Like if I ever started to get full of myself or, or too pleased with myself, um, you know, I, I was quickly brought back down to earth and I, I never talked to you about this, but I, I, I assume your parents were the same way. Very grounded people. You, you, um, you, you never were allowed allowed to become delusionally egotistical, you know? And where that's what would hinder our stream is if one of us had that. If one of us wanted the attention more than the other. And, and uh, what we actually have is I want everyone to see what she can do and wow and marvel at her talent. And I think the same way. I'm like, I can't wait. You know, when we get a raid... I, you know, it probably annoys Johnny to death, but every time we get a raid, instead of me, instead of me picking up a guitar and being like, I'm going to sing for you, I'm always like, Johnny, why don't you sing something? Every time I try to do it before, because I want them to hear how amazing he is. So, and, and and that's, I I also learned that from my parents. They, their big secret for the relationship is who can out love the other one the best that day. And that's how we wake up. And that applied to the stream is, who can out-support the other person that stream? And as a result, it just we just wind up 
lifting each other up the mm-hmm. entire time. Uh, we're, you know, and it, it, it's a, it, it, it's a tough thing to maintain for, for a lot of people. Whereas I'm, I feel blessed that it's like breathing with her. You know, I, right. I, I have no issue waking up every day and trying to point all the light at her. You know. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, it sounds like you guys both just have like equally open hearts for each other, and that's that's just kind of what makes it balance. It's, it's, it's just a perfect story. <laughs> and oh, Heidi, it, it's we're Johnny, lucky. Well, Johnny said <laughs> you're basically you're the only person who doesn't say that you're as good as you are. Now, I, it does say in your bio that you performed on stage with. I wrote it down. Kenny Chesney, Randy Travis, Jason Aldean, and Reba McIntyre, as well as writing a song for Sunday Head, Sundance Head, sorry, winner Sundance. of The Voice. Yeah. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. You've, you've been on, have you been on stage with these people, worked with them? Have you done songs? So, yeah, usually that me the, like, um, a publicist would have written that, but like sharing the stage with, so as in a, a festival and maybe like for right. instance, Kenny, Kenny was headlining and I was, you know, opening that day. Still for a huge accomplishment. Um, lots of, lots of really, really cool experiences, you know, at the time, you know, now that I look back, I go, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to do some, some cool and some fun things and they'll make good stories one day that we can tell our kids. Um, just, just really blessed. I think that, um, uh, Randy Travis might've been my favorite opening spot. Just, I, I was always a huge fan of his and he was the most kind, humble, um, I mean, he, after his show, instead of hopping on the bus and taking off, like you do, he was like, all right, well, let's, let's talk to you about Nashville and let's see how we can get you. Um, and he gave me contact numbers and, and people to look up and told me what to do and how to do it. And I mean, he took like two hours out of his day after his show to help my career. Um, and that's just, that's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, the, you that's know, those... great to hear too, because Randy is I'm a huge fan and I love hearing when he... when you know yeah. they say don't meet your heroes and it's nice when you hear that someone met a hero and they were great. And, yeah. yeah. And that, you know, that doesn't happen a lot. And it was you know, that was really I was really young. I think I was maybe like nineteen when I opened for him. So that was imagine like a teenager getting, you know, to 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 perform at a, a sold-out arena opening for one of their heroes, um, to to not just go, oh yeah, he shook my hand and wished me luck, that would have been cool. But for to like have a sit-down conversation and get to yeah. know him, and that you was your hero. That meant so much to nineteen-year-old Heidi. Like to this day, I I still get kind of like goosebumps reliving that night. And- that is special because I could we could sit here, which we're not going to, and I could talk about all the opening acts I've done where the there didn't turn out that headliner way. <laughs> was not nice to the opener yeah. and did not help us and may, actually made it even harder, harder for us to do our show. Um, you know, we, we call it the suck button. You get that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. that's that's a yeah. Kind of so a, a thing where they. Sound guy goes, nah, you don't get to sound so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we have, I mean, yeah, we could we could have a 12-hour podcast telling stories about, you know, the things that we've, the highs and the lows. And, and there's just that, like he, you touched on that earlier. It's not even so much like month to month, like, oh, we had a good month and now it's a low month. It, it can literally be hour to hour where I can, my publisher can call me and go, Great hey, news. Uh, Luke Bryan's producer, they, Luke and his producer loved your song. They're putting it on hold, and he's cutting 
in three days. And I go, and you might be a guest star on the track. Yeah, and, he and wants he, you to be an artist to, you know, on the track too. That, and, and I go, oh my gosh. Maybe be on the tour even. Maybe. Right, because that <gasps> could lead to this, which could lead to that. And it's so hard <laughs> not emotions. to go, okay. And then the phone rings three minutes later and they go, oh, actually they went in another direction. Forget what I said. What a roller coaster. It, it can literally be that extreme I, all day long. Have I ever told you about the time <laughs> I'm leaving Warner Chapel? It's Warner Chapel, Warner Brothers all there. And the head of Warner Brothers, who's also a big producer, stops me and goes, Bluebird! He goes, what a, oh, what song did I just cut of yours today? And I'm going, and, I, and I'm going, I don't know. I know he produces Blake Shelton, though. And I'm like... Who were you cutting? He's like, oh, it was Blake's record. What song was it? He goes, I know it was your. And I'm going, uh, and I'm getting excited. I'm like, he's like, yeah, it's perfect. I think we're. I think it's like first single, and this is what the guy is saying to me. And I'm going, S1 <laughs> single. What, what? What? And I'm now I'm getting stoked because I'm. That's a that's huge, right? For he's a songwriter. Teasing. He's teasing, right? No, not teasing. It came out. Just confused me with somebody else. <laughs> oh, I, I, I had a feeling you were leading there. Somebody oh. else. He and thought I'm like, you were a different person. I was like, I told him, I, I, I was like, man, you next time you do that, you better be sure. I, I'm like, I. That's a big deal. That's a yeah, huge that is. And it was just oh, inflated no. to just floating on. You know, I'm on cloud nine to. Just the lowest of lows. Now there's a cloud over me raining just like on you me. said, hour to hour, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, you know, it, it's it's the highs and the lows, and so to keep sane, um, you know, when when I first moved to town, I I'd rented a room from a very accomplished songwriter artist in in the music business, and they told me they're like, give it a few years. Everyone in the in this town is on antidepressants or anti anxiety or something. He's like, just you think you're normal, you think you're sane now, just give it a few years. This town will ruin you. And I was like, what do you mean? And you start getting in the highs. The highs are so high and the lows are so low. And you're very rarely in the middle. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, so it's, it's no very balance, hard right? to balance. So you kind of have to learn how to to celebrate the highs. You got to. You can't just go, oh, I just did this cool thing, but I'm not going to let myself enjoy it. You kind of you, you just have to learn how to navigate What's because... really exciting is when the panic attacks start. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> It gets really exciting. We were oh, like, yeah. why can't I breathe? Oh, goodness. So, I mean, okay, okay. I mean, <laughs> that part is absolutely incredible to hear about from you guys. But as far as, like, a Twitch community, where do you guys fall? Like, what happens when you're off stream or what? how active are you guys with your community? Do people want to come and meet you? Do you go to events? Do you have shows? Do you have um, meetups? We're very accessible. We are, we are very accessible. Now, we've only been on Twitch for three months. Um, and so, of course, we haven't done any live shows or met anyone. We did meet a few people from Mixer um, before the pandemic. We'd play shows, and people from our Mixer community would come to live shows, and that was awesome. You, we got to put a face to the That's to awesome. the to the handle, and uh, but yes, we we're very accessible with um, social media and our Discord. And but we're weird too. Like when it comes to fans, which I hate that word. We call them friends or family or whatever. <laughs> but um, it's a community. We, uh, Community. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to that, I've always been, I, I want to meet and hug and, and, mm -hmm. and be close with and, and hear everything about everybody. If I'm like, wow, you like what I do? That's awesome. Let's, what do you do? You know, and I want to talk to them. And, and Heidi's the same exact way. So we're very, very excited about Twitch cons and stuff like that, where we can, we can go meet and next year, hopefully. That, and, do, that, yeah. and, and getting back to, we're not going to tour the way we used to. Um, it was, it was fun 
you know, but we did it for 10 plus years and we had a good run at it, but there's something about, you know, a different hotel every night and a different city every night wears on you. And there's just Mm -hmm. something nice about coming home every night. Where does that kind of lead to with, you know, after COVID, are you guys still going to do your live streams? Are you guys going to get back to gigging? Oh, so nothing will change for Twitch. We will do the exact same show, the same time, everything on Twitch. This is the cornerstone. This yeah. is the hub now. Is the Just to we say will... real quick, your guys' um, background is one of the – I watch probably like 20 hours of stream a week. I watch stream more than I watch television. And your guys' setup is – it looks like you're in a studio or on a stage. Legit. So I did oh, – I, cool. oh, I definitely want to say it's incredible. You've got the J&H lit up. You've got your your awards in the background. It looks like a very professional, which obviously you guys probably know that already because you've got a pretty good thing going. But I just want to say it's, it's I, beautiful. I just – thank you. I just ripped the door off the hinges yeah. yesterday midstream. Midstream. It was just too <laughs> hot in here, and Johnny got his hammer out, and I was singing a song, and he's like – Hold up one second. I was a trim car. Bang, for bang, years. bang, and the door comes off the hinges, and <laughs> it well, got a little. Cooler that was great content. <laughs> Here's the thing: is she, you know, we like things that look professional. So when the door is open all the way, it's you in the shot sweater. over here, which oh yeah, can't do that. Drove me nuts. So I had to rip it off the hinges. Oh. But yeah, we we um, I just dialed in the sound um last stream on monday yeah we're always johnny's a perfectionist and i and i am too on on certain you know we have some little ocd perfectionist type things which if you haven't heard the audio which as are, of monday it's whew, I <laughs> yeah johnny's always after every stream we're listening back um seeing what we did wrong what we did right we're learning watching ourselves back going okay we don't do that again or we do do that again um, Johnny's always uh, working on improving the sound and the lighting and the looks or going, oh, actually, that picture should go over there. We're always trying to improve and make things better. And that's John. All If it looks and sounds, it's all Johnny. Johnny does all of it. Like, and, should um, I really be just over my right shoulder? It should be. <laughs> Um, and, and then just to answer the, uh, no, when the pandemic is over, this Twitch, you know, I hope that it can stay exactly the same way. We will, we will probably do just one-off shows. So we'll probably just go play a Saturday night and be back home Sunday. Oh, I, that sounds you wonderful. You know, I think our days of going on the road for three weeks at a time, I think oh. those days are gone. I we'll probably, <laughs> we're probably going to really try to figure out a way. I know we're definitely going to figure out a way to stream a lot of our live gigs. Yeah. Um, That's on, the goal. On top of that, maybe getting some sort of residency and uh, in, yeah. in, in, uh, building a show that way and touring it a lot like you would a, a podcast or something like that, you know. So yeah. we're um, we're very excited about all the opportunities and all the basically everything that we know about the music industry and everything we've learned from touring and, and gigging and applying it to this whole new frontier and figuring out what is obsolete and what is relevant and and uh and just really trying to crack the code i mean the point of it all is to create music and share it with an audience that hopefully is getting something out of it and um and it i've never had this close of a relationship with my with with the audience um 
this is what I always wanted it to be. Like mm-hmm. when I, I remember I was the weirdo after shows who would hang out for four hours trying to meet everybody who was in the <laughs> audience. And they're like, what is this? That was the guy who was on stage. Why is he out here? And I'm like, hey, guys, are we all friends? You know, and mm-hmm. now it's it, it's okay for me to be that excited and, and, and get done with a show and then go play video games with half the community. You know, nobody thinks I'm weird because I want to be friends with everyone. People want you to be, quote unquote, <laughs> weird to be friends with them. That's what you or, Yeah, or be accessible, you know? Yeah, I mean, One of the first things that is encouraged is to be unattained, like to be yeah. inaccessible when you're an artist. It's the 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 mystery of... Of who are you and what are you up yeah. to? Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm playing Borderlands Three. You know, that's what I'm up to. And <laughs> I'm gonna play with me. Off of <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you guys, you guys have an incredible story. Um, when we really appreciate you coming on. I know you've got other commitments coming up, but just thank you for sitting down with us and sharing that. Um, I, I really think people are going to appreciate the love story, the background, mm-hmm. coming from a different country, and just grinding. So that, there's no other word for it, right? I mean, you you grind it, and um, well, literally in the literally, meat, in the literally meat factory, grinded meat. I was literally, literally grinding. You yeah. were literally a grinder. <laughs> I thought he was talking about the way we were dancing that night. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, I mean, you guys are absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, great I people. Wish you, yeah, absolutely great people. An amazing couple. We'll both be watching, and I'm sure we'll have some fans from the show be watching you guys as well. Thank you for coming on, and you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, appreciate Thank you guys. You so Thank much for you. having us. You guys have been awesome to talk to, and yeah, we're we're honored that you guys would even want to talk with us. So yeah. thank, oh, you. thank you guys again. Good luck with your 5.30, whatever that whatever's going recording, <laughs> whatever it was. And thank you guys Jason, for making time. Christian, we'll see you guys. Thank you guys. Yep, appreciate thank you. it. Have a good one. Good night. Yep, you as well. You too.